Hello, you are listening to On The Wind. I'm your host, Dave Tomasic, offering insights about people, places, and things that experience new beginnings. New listener or seasoned patron, I thank you for listening to On The Wind for June and July 2015, Season 5, Episode 49. On The Wind is hosted on Podbean at onthewind.podbean.com. Subscriptions are available through iTunes and all major RSS feed services. Links to the show notes and Facebook page are through the Podbean host site. Comments and suggestions are always welcome. My apologies to the listeners who anticipated a new episode a little earlier than now. As a traveler on the wind, I am finding that cultivating flexibility is a necessary virtue. There are times when there are so many items on that immediate to-do list that losing touch with a routine becomes absolutely inevitable. This episode of On the Wind features an avid sports fan with a mission. He also happens to be a WWE wrestler, a sports stringer for Trib Total Media, a high school guidance counselor, an acquaintance of some prominent sports personalities, and a progeny of a long line of sports-involved parents and grandparents. Personally, I have never posted much interest in sports, let alone wrestling, but this is not to say I do not respect the craft. A very long time ago in my undergraduate days at Penn State, a PIAA state champ at 112 pounds schooled my well-toned 170-pound frame that I was no match for a skilled, physically smaller wrestler. Bill Hughes, at 6 foot 6 inches and 270-plus pounds, is an 18-year veteran of the WWE who maintains his wrestling physique with daily workouts. This guy is a mountain of muscle, but no less is he a romantic when it comes to his passion for sports and the places that sports happens. Bill is from Manesson, yet he graduated from Belvernon area where I taught. However, I did not meet him until just three years ago when he began attending my 6 a.m. breakfast club for a select group of teachers. A WWE-related injury forced Bill to abandon a full-time wrestling career. Already a college graduate, he completed a graduate program to become a guidance counselor and is now working for IU1. As interesting as all this is, what really puts Bill on the radar here at On The Wind is his personal quest that combines his love of sports, his media credentials, and his sports-minded friends. Without further ado... Bill, thank you in advance for sharing your story with the On The Wind audience. Glad to be here. I've listened to your podcast. It's pretty cool to be a part of one, so thank you. You're very welcome. Tell us something about yourself, Bill. Passionate sports fan. By day, I'm a school guidance counselor. I love working with kids. Since the time I was a kid, played sports, was into football, baseball, basketball. My passion for sports started, my dad was a high school basketball coach, and I was his ball boy probably about five years old. I remember being in a team picture when I was five. So, so you grew up? I grew up in sports, yes. You grew up with sports yes. always around? Yes, absolutely. Uh, both of my grandfathers played baseball. My one grandfather, my one grandfather played in the Pirates minor league system. Uh, he did have a cup of tea. When he passed away in 2009, 
I actually got his professional baseball contract. I have, I have it, not a copy. I have the original dated 19, yes. Yeah. All framed, hanging yes. on your wall? Probably of all the sports memorabilia that I have, that's the most, it means the most to me because it's personal. My other grandfather, Phillies were looking at him. So there were athletes on both sides of the family. From the time I was a kid, I'd wake up. It was all about sports. I'd check the newspaper, look at box scores of baseball games. You know, when I was little, Sports Center wasn't 24-7 like it is today. So I would check the newspapers, see what my favorite players did. Summertime was the best because we'd go to Dairy Queen and they'd have the little baseball hats that you can get Sundays in. And I would collect all the teams. And every I, I always wanted teams to change their uniforms every year. That way I could have to you know go buy more, more Sunday cups. <laughs> you still have them? I do, yes. Yeah, I do. So it was pretty cool. I mean, I would set them out as baseball players, each helmet, when you know, they would represent a player. And from the time I was a little kid, I mean, it's my imagination. It was a lot about sports. Most kids go outside playing in the dirt. I was out in the alley playing basketball or in a neighbor's yard playing home run derby or, or whatnot. So it wouldn't be a stretch to suggest that you might be a coach for a school. Uh, yes, that's one of my side jobs. I'm a, uh, the high school boys varsity basketball coach at Guyville Catholic up here in Connellsville, Pennsylvania. Finished up our second year. Our team made the playoffs, which was a big improvement from the first year, and hopefully the program keeps going in the, the right direction. It's my 12th year coaching basketball, the school age level. I've done high school football for a couple of years. Uh, softball I did for a couple of years. So I have a lot of experience in, in sports. Also, another thing I do on the side is I'm a freelance sports writer for Trib Total Media, mostly for the Valley Independent out of Manassas. Being able to say I freelance for the trip, that gets me in with press credentials, so to a lot of places. Through a few doors? Yeah, so a couple. With a very deep sports background. Yes. What do you do for spare time? Uh, work out five, six days a week when I have spare time uh, with my job. So you keep a sportsman's physique? I try. I try. It can be a little hard sometimes. Uh, being in the education field, as you were, you know how... You know, you just don't punch out at 3 o'clock at 2.30 and you're done for the day. It doesn't work that way. You know, a lot of times doing schoolwork at home, but I do try to get to the gym. That's probably my biggest passion. That's the thing I make time for the most. And part of that, too, uh, when I was working on my undergrad degree, I started into the world of professional wrestling, which I did for many I mean, and I still do a couple matches a year. As a wrestler? As a wrestler. I slowed down, ruptured my bicep tendon in 2009. And that could hurt. (laughs) It didn't tickle. Up here? (laughs) I down low. Down, uh-huh. down here in, inside oh. the elbow, and uh, they cut me here. My bicep muscle was up at my shoulder. And oh, it just pulled it right up. Yeah. So whenever, whenever they did the surgery, they they cut me right here, pulled it back down, cut here in the forearm, drilled a couple holes or whatever. And I don't remember. I was out. You know, but <laughs> thank goodness. Attached to tendon. I, I woke up and I was I was like a mummy. I was, I was in real tight. I woke up and I couldn't. You know, my mouth was real dry and I I, I couldn't I, I couldn't move. I just smack the table with my good hand to get the nurse's attention. But uh, right after my injuries, when I decided to go to graduate school and get my master's in school counseling. So even though that uh, it didn't completely close one door professionally as far mm-hmm. as advancement, it did open another. I feel blessed to be able to work with kids every day. So I'm passionate about it. That's, that's great. You were really on your way to be employed as a sports person, as a wrestler. That was your... A goal? Yes, it was a goal that I was working towards uh, in terms of being employed with WWE, which is the, obviously it's known all over the world, World, uh, world Wrestling Entertainment, Vince McMahon's company. I did appear on their Monday night show, Monday Night Raw, 
Mm-hmm. And you did some other stuff for them. Over the course of time. The course from where you are to where you want to be is never a straight path. Oh, absolutely not. No. So you were on that winding road. Very windy. Goal. Yeah, very windy. A lot of hills and mountains and peaks and valleys and injuries and everything else in between. That wasn't meant to be. I can accept that. You know, because I tried. Very few people make it to the top. In the sports world? In, the well, in, any, in, any, in any profession, but as far as with the, the wrestling career, because there's one company where, you know, basically if you work for WWE, you don't work for anybody else. All the other promotions, even the, the ones right beneath them, you still have to wrestle elsewhere to still make more income. Whereas WWE, you know, across the world, that's the top one to get into. So I did, a, I did some stuff for them, a few shows. I was on call several times. It just wasn't meant to be. It's like that with any sport. You're no longer going to be a sports figure, and you're an educator, but you still deal with sports. Yes. How's that going? I know you said you liked it, and you feel privileged. Oh, yeah. How long have you been for, for As far as the sports writing, I started in 1999, so uh, 16 and a half years now. Uh, the Valley Independent approached me about doing a bi-weekly professional wrestling call. Mm-hmm. I did it opposite of another gentleman, a friend of mine. It just got to the point where they decided they wanted one person. They chose me, and I started doing it weekly. That fall, they were stuck and needed a football game cover. They didn't have anybody from their normal freelance mm-hmm. writers or stringers, as we're called. And... Not the sports editor, but the sports writer, Jeff Oliver, called me. And he goes, man, he goes, I can really use your help. I was like, what's up? He's like, there's a football game in Fraser High School. He did cover it. We have nobody. I was like, Jeff, I, I never took a sports writing class in college. I was like, I have no clue what I'm doing. He goes, you've played sports your whole life. He goes, just go write about what you see. He goes, stop down. We'll go over a stat sheet. I'll show you how to do it. You'll be fine. That was that. I think he called me on a Wednesday or Thursday, and I did it Friday. In college, I did start into a sports writing class. And the professor, he's like, all right, he goes, who in here thinks you're just going to come in and watch a game on TV and write a paper about it? A couple of us put our hands up because I didn't know what to expect. He goes, all right, he goes, you can leave because that's not what this class is about. So we all left. Yeah, on the spot, signed a slip for us to to drop the class. Looking back, I wish I'd have taken it. I wasn't covering sporting events too much at that time. It was just wrestling columns. And the deal has always been with the Valley Independent, who I still write my wrestling column for, is that... I will cover games for you on Friday nights if I don't have shows, which, you know, I only do a handful of shows a year now. But if I'm going to sporting events and I need to leave Friday, that trumps covering a football game for the uh, paper. So. Now, you travel to various venues to write or just to entertain yourself? A little bit of both. I mean, I've covered a lot of stuff for the Valley Independent, different venues in the area. Just a couple months ago, I covered Manessence Class A WPIL championship game win at Peterson Event Center mm-hmm. at the University of Pittsburgh. So I've been to some bigger venues for them, covering different things for them, and even for the Trib, some you know, couple college football games. But most of the time, going to these venues, it's just the sports enthusiast in me going because I want to see my favorite teams or see... And you just, travel quite a distance. Yes, especially in the summer with the schedule being off. Very lucky to be able to get around and see different venues. I'm mostly into football, basketball, and baseball. Uh, the hockey and basketball arenas, it's more I've seen because of maybe wrestling shows in the past. That's where they hold them? Yes. I have gone to stadiums where I just go to, to see them because there's no event going on. But if I'm in the area, I want to see it to say I've been there. I, I've seen a lot. In, in a recent conversation, this summer you were going on a trip and you were going to visit specific venues that you hadn't been to yet. Right, right. Which means you're collecting a list. You have a list. 
Yes. The, the, and you're checking them off. I am. And the, the, the you know, everybody uses the phrase bucket list. And let, let me backtrack how I got into the, the traveling for the sports with the summers off from school. All the I started wrestling as a 20 year old in 1996, late 96. I did a couple matches, then, you know, 97 was when I really picked up. I never really went on trips in the summer, I never went on vacations because I was going and doing shows, whether they were local or leaving the state, other side of the state, wherever. And then, no, I, I didn't travel for wrestling as much as other people. I had one friend, he's a little older, he's probably wrestled 4,000 matches. He's been in, he's probably wrestled in almost half the states. But what I'm getting at is I was focused on the professional aspect of that. So I was going to these cities. I was seeing, I was driving through a city to go do a show, Mm. but I wasn't getting to enjoy it, enjoy the city. So I want to see all 50 states and I want to see all 30 baseball stadiums. And another another goal is to go to every Big Ten football stadium because I'm a Penn State uh, football season ticket holder. And every year I go to one or two different venues. Penn State grant? No, no, no. uh, California University of Pennsylvania Uh, for my undergrad and Masters. Penn State grad. Oh, I, I did not know that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I used to watch Franco Harris walk to the stadium every day. Wow. I, I never knew that. That's cool. How that began was Craig Fayak from Belvernon. Yes, I did. Kicker and quarterback went to Penn State. He was their leading scorer for 15 years. Craig, where he lived out here in Ross Traver, my mm-hmm. grandfather, lived a half a mile from him up by Cedar Creek Park. We would go out. If he was kicking field goals, we'd go catch balls. Because of Craig, I became a Penn State fan. He's like, oh, wow, I know him. So we, you know, it was pretty cool to support somebody that we knew. And mm-hmm. my senior year at Belvernon was his senior year at Penn State. And for the last game, he actually got us down on the field towards the end of the game and it took us in the locker room. You know, we met, uh, you know, Coach Paterno, watched him do his post-game interview and everything. Craig is just a fantastic guy. Yeah, and unfortunately, he he hurt his, I think it was a back injury while he was at Penn State, and that, uh, that limited him in terms of... He, Moving on to yeah, he, he, professional... I think he had a couple tryouts or whatnot, and he yeah. uh, he was good enough. But again, the injuries—you know—it's something that can't be controlled. Changes your yes, direction. absolutely, absolutely. Where are you going this summer? This summer, heading with a couple of buddies from college. We're heading up to the Northeast. We're actually we're going to shoot across the state to Philadelphia. We've all been to Philadelphia before. There's nothing that we want to see in the state per se or in the city per se. But we're going to drive to Philly, watch a game at the stadium because we haven't been to the stadium. Knock another one off the list. <laughs> air check mark and uh, we're going to drive right up to New York City we're going to stay up there that night it's about you know, a couple hour drive up mm-hmm. after the game it's an earlier game so it helped us it's a 6 o'clock 6.30 start up in New York again we, we've all been to New York there's nothing we, we really want to see I want to walk across the Brooklyn Bridge I've never done that last summer when we were out we my buddies and I we went to out west following the Pirates and one of the stops was San Francisco we actually ran the Golden Gate Bridge over and back just to get some cardio in. To say we say we did it. That's a long bridge. It's it's a long. <laughs> Let me tell. I can tell you that after it's it's longer after than. than I, I remember bridge. driving across the bridge and it's like, wow, this is a long bridge. It, yeah, I think they said, and it's, it's got a nice arch to it too. Yeah, it does. Yes, and uh, I think they said it was about a mile and a half long. Mm-hmm. But farther we got, I was like, ooh. You know, I would stop and take pictures because you, you, the city was, you'd see the city and then Alcatraz was right there. So it was picturesque. Did not get to Oakland's baseball stadium. And it's already been there. Yet. No, so I have to go right. back to the area. We got into the Oakland stadium. I think it, it's called the, the O.co stadium or field or something. They change every couple of years. Um, we went over to it. And it's where Golden State Warriors or basketball arena is in the same parking lot. And we were just walking around. And everything was fenced up. Well, security saw us on camera, so they came up. And uh, long story short, the one friend that went 
uh, he works for the state and he knew the security when they stopped us like yeah what are you doing and we're like well yeah we're just here for the you know we're off for the summer because a couple other the, the one other friend was also a guidance counselor the third guy uh, who served in the military you know that had been mentioned the security guard she was like she goes hey she goes well, wait a minute just hold on one second because we, we had said how we were trying to get inside to get a look so because of the one buddy and his profession he, she called in to the head guy who's also in the same profession and, and I, I know he'll listen to this I, I don't want to I have to be careful of what I say here um, <laughs> the the head of security for the Oakland Ace Stadium because of the connection of them doing the same thing he actually let us in. He had one of the employees of the stadium take us into the stadium. We went all the way down up against the field, took pictures and everything. So we've been in the stadium, but not for a game. Not for a game. Yeah, so we have to go back. Got to go time. back for a game. Definitely. I want to go across the Brooklyn Bridge. Maybe not run it, but maybe. Might have to now. That might be the new <laughs> thing to do. I don't know. I think you can walk it. Yeah. You can probably run it. You can bike it. Right. You can car. You can taxi. Well, I've driven across it. Just, I haven't, I haven't done that. So the, yeah, I said earlier that I haven't been on it. I want to walk across it. I just, yeah. uh, but now that I've ran the Golden Gate Bridge, I'm gonna have to run it. Jeez, I just thought about that. Another bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> Running yeah. famous bridges. Yeah, that, that would be that would be pretty cool. So the one guy going, he wants to stop at a brewery, an establishment, if you will. To it's, I guess it's popular. I, I I'm not one that partakes in that, yeah. so I don't know. I, I can't tell you where any of these breweries are. But that's his thing. So you know, we all have our thing that we do, and that's he wants to stop at those. And we were in San Diego last year. He wanted to stop at the one out there, so we did. I want to run the Brooklyn Bridge. He's going to want to go there. Make a day out of it and go to Yankee Stadium, which I have been to already, but they have not. They have the same list for stadiums. So I'm a team player. Let's do it. After the game's going to take off, we're staying in Providence, Rhode Island. A couple hour drive up to Providence. Mm-hmm. I've never been to Rhode Island, so it's a state off the list. Okay. So then we're going to wake up on the 4th of July and we're going to an afternoon game at Fenway Park in Boston. That's really the last famous baseball stadium that I haven't been to. So I've done Wrigley Field a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the new Yankee Stadium. The old one. Yeah, I didn't get to the old one. It was closed before I started yeah, this. For your quest right. began. Right. So that, that's, that's the way it works. That's okay. Right. The fifth, we're going to see Boston. Run up through Vermont real quick. New Hampshire real quick. Up into Maine. Is Fenway the most eastern, most professional ballpark? Baseball, I would say Yes. Yeah, you know, I never thought about that yet. There's no more professional teams when you go past Boston. Not north, no, but as far as east, that would be, yeah, that would be the farthest over. Yeah, yeah, that would. I've been to the basketball arena in Boston. I was a guest back in 1998 at uh, WrestleMania 14. Mm -hmm. Uh, Killer Kowalski, a wrestler from the 60s and early 70s, was training up there in WrestleMania weekend. He brought me up as his guest, worked out at his school in Malden, Massachusetts. Killer has since passed away, I want to say maybe about seven, eight years ago now. It was cool to get to go to his gym and work out, getting to learn his craft. With wrestling, there's the good guys and the bad guys. And he was like the ultimate villain. He was never a good guy. Mm-hmm. And the kids were scared of him. Got his nickname, Killer, because he actually bit somebody's ear in the ring, like bit it off. <laughs> before Mike Tyson did it, to, you know, decades before Tyson bit off the Vander Holyfield. <laughs> Being his guest at WrestleMania at that, you know, it was in the, it was at the time it was called, I think, the Fleet Center. Now it's the TDK Bank House, something or another. Mm. All I remember about Boston, that's the last time I was, the only time I've been there, 1998, is I remember being a beautiful city and uh, definitely looking forward to seeing it again. Yes. And with Fenway being like that last Holy Grail stadium as far as baseball, football, the most popular was probably Lambeau Field in Green Bay. 
And I, I did that last year for a preseason game. Done Notre Dame football stadium. Stuck into that one time when there wasn't a game. I don't, I don't know if I can go into detail on that one. But. <laughs> sure, it's actually a little bit hard. Let me see. Uh, three, it's been three years. Let's look at it. Unless you left something, I don't know. No, 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 no. College basketball. Cameron Indoor Stadium down in Duke, Durham, North Carolina. That's my favorite team, Duke. Mm-hmm. So going there for a game was something special. And have you been south? Uh, south yeah, I've been to that. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah, uh, I've done Tampa. Did their baseball stadium. It's like it's like a big warehouse. Is what it looks like. But I've never been to Miami. That's still. I'm gonna get down there to their baseball stadium. When I was in Tampa, I went to Orlando. That's actually when this all started with these stadiums because I wanted to see. The Citrus Bowl in Orlando, it's mm-hmm. a football stadium, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna go check this out." So when I went there, the gate was open, and I just walked right in. I was like, "Wow!" Actually, no, Notre Dame was first. I drove to Chicago to watch games at Wrigley Field and at the Chicago White Sox Stadium. We stopped at Notre Dame on the way because a friend of mine played college basketball there, uh, Sherelle Allen from Manesson. You see the exit saying Notre Dame, and you're on the turnpike, and you look left, and you see the Golden Dome. So it's like, it's right here. We have to stop. So we, we got off and made our way in. That's how it all started. I flew to Florida, went to Orlando. I got into the, the Citrus Bowl, onto the field. Like, I walked right in. They, nobody, they didn't care. NFL Stadium's the only ones I can't get into. They're locked up. You just you can't even sniff them. Really? Yeah. Um, now or always? Everyone I've tried to get into. Like I, I was in Charlotte back in March for the NCAA March Madness tournament, and we went past the, the Carolina Panther Stadium and walked up to it, and it was the entire way around. There was no getting into it, no tours. No. Okay, so, but down in Tampa, the, the Tampa Bay Rays, that's the baseball team, they actually play in St. Petersburg. They didn't even play in Tampa. Tampa tried to get into the Buccaneers Stadium, and there was just there was it just wasn't happening. Like you get, I got up to it and took pictures of it inside, but you just well, you weren't getting in. That's when it started. I just. You know, I always send a picture through my on my phone, text a picture over to some friends. They're like, "How are you, you know? You, you got to get in here. You got to get in there. Like you're not gonna get in there. So it's like a challenge. So I, I try to get into them though. So, so do you have a mental list or do you have a, a written list? It, it's all mental. Last summer when we were out west, I, I used my press credentials and I called in advance a couple of weeks out and I got us private tours to the Rose Bowl in Pasadena and the LA Coliseum where they had the '84 Olympics and it was. But what was cool about the LA Coliseum was that they didn't start giving tours until two months ago. But because I called out there, I, I emailed them and I called and this person put me in touch with that person and I had never been to LA. And we got the tour. The girl that gave us the tour at the LA Coliseum, she told me that she'd been pushing to give tours. So she's like, she goes, maybe because if I let them know that I did this, they'll see that it can work. We did the, the Rose Bowl first, maybe about 11 o'clock in the morning, their time, maybe around 5 o'clock. Left there and went right to Dodger Stadium for a baseball game. And then Dodger Stadium is another one of those famous stadiums. So mm-hmm. in one day we did, and plus we did the Hollywood sign. Oh, you did that? Yeah. We didn't get to the Hollywood sign. But you saw it. Yes. So it's different sports. There are different venues I, I still want to see. You know, football. Another one is the Superdome in New Orleans, mm-hmm. where they play the Sugar Bowl. But I was there for WrestleMania a little over a year ago. I've been there, just not for a football game. The baseball stadiums, I, I'm going to hit all those anyway. The college basketball, I want to hit Kentucky, Kansas. The, the first night I watched a Duke game, they, it was the tip-off of the 2013-14 season. Watched Duke play at 7 o'clock. Left there, drove nine miles down the road to Chapel Hill, which is University of North Carolina, mm-hmm. the, their hated rival. Got there for the second half of their game. So I did two of the most famous arenas, same night for games. Cameron Indoor Stadium at Duke <laughs> and the Dean Dome, Chapel Hill. I left my Duke gear on when I went, oh. in, when I went, yeah, yeah, when I went into 
This is Dean Dome, and if books could kill, we would not be doing this podcast right now, because <laughs> I'd have been gone a year and a half ago. Um, and then marked grave. <laughs> yes, and my, and my cousin went with me, and, and we were getting there. He goes, hey, do you think I should change? And I was like, yeah, you go ahead and change. I was like, I'm not. Just let the, I'll take it. It's all good. And he, he smiled as he said it. The historical venues I want to go to now. This isn't an inexpensive hobby, is it? Um... You could say yes, but you could say no. I mean, when I went out west... I mean, all this travel, really, it, it's not... When you do it with, with friends, multiple people, it, it breaks the... the it, it's cost-effective to do it with friends, let's wow. put it that way. Right. And that was my vacation for the summer last year. It was going out west. So you take vacations now. Yes, which I never did. And that's, that's one thing with the wrestling slowing down. And I still get calls all the time to do shows. Calls, emails, yeah. and uh, promoters like, hey, can we get you in? I was like, well... I was like, my schedule, I was like, it's just hard right now. Because like, once football season gets in, Penn State has seven or eight home games every year. I'm not going to miss games. I go to at least one road game a year. I went to two last year. I like my sporting events. Pirates, my buddy has season tickets, and I, I go down with him a lot. Mm-hmm. And PNC, which is beautiful. We have to get you down there since you've never been there. I've never been to PNC. <clears throat> well, I've been over PNC. Right. In fact, most of the stadiums that you talked about, I've flown over. Right. right. I've seen them from the air. Yeah. But I have different bucket lists. Sure, oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You just, you want to fly over them, I want to go into them. I understand. <laughs> uh, you talk about stadiums. I went last year to Road America for a uh, racing event. You did a podcast on that. I did. Yes. I, I, see, I, I listened to it. I, I remember. I remember hearing it. Yeah. Thank you. On my way to Sheboygan, I turned down this street and... Right in front of me was Brewer Stadium. Right, right. How did that? Yeah. I've seen Brewer Stadium. There you go. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Last year went to Milwaukee for the Pirate Series. That was like the back to school trip. Because mm-hmm. the school I was at, with my job with the Intermediate Unit 1, I'm at different schools. The school met on Friday, I follow their schedule. If they're off, I'm off. Mm-hmm. Well, they were off. First Friday of the school year, they were off. So I was like, well, all right, let's see what we can't get into. I started researching, and it's funny, all my friends that, that do these trips with me, they're like, just set it up, whatever you want to do. I don't want to say I have a knack for well, pinpointing and figuring out. in the group that does the planning. And for better than somebody else, or you end up with the job. Yeah, and I, I would say more they, they trust me with it, you know, because it's and more meticulous about it than they would be. But what we did was we ended up flying into Chicago, left Pittsburgh at 6.05, landed in Chicago, 6.10 their time, rented a car. I had been to Chicago before, but the the one buddy that went, he'd never been there. So I, I took him around, showed him all the, the all the sights, took him to the pier. He's not real big on, on heights, so we didn't do Willis Tower, formerly the Sears Tower. Yeah, just took him around the bean mirror in town, which is really cool. I, I like that. So we you know, we went and saw a lot of things. Made our way up to Milwaukee Friday, where we had our hotel. But what I had done earlier that week, and this wasn't part of the plan, just on a whim, I checked to see if the Bears or the Packers were playing a preseason football game. And and the Packers up in Green Bay were. That buddy that went, he, he's not not much of a football fan, so I, I, he was at work. I was at school, and just for the record, I was on my lunch break at school. I, you know, yes, just so you know. I checked 
my phone real quick. You know, I sent a text message to him, hey, are you interested in going up to Lambeau Field, Green Bay? It's the most famous stadium in the NFL. And he got back to me like within two minutes. He goes, heck yeah. He goes, that's amazing. He goes, how much are tickets? Our tickets were like $37.50 because they were dumping preseason tickets. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, they don't want to go to preseason games. We actually got to the game a little late, though. The game yeah. had already started. But it was just the fact that we were there for a game, preseason or not. We were at Lambeau Field for a football game. Drove back to Milwaukee, and I think it was about an hour and a half back. Stayed in the hotel room. Drove about two hours to the University of Wisconsin over Madison, which another one of Craig Fag's classmates, Joey Rudolph. Right. I should say Joe now. I, when we were younger, I knew him as Joey. <laughs> Joe, who was coaching at Pitt this past year, now he went back to Wisconsin to coach there. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to the stadium just because Joey played there. We went and checked out, got into the stadium. They have a gift shop inside the stadium that you can actually walk out the back side of it. There's like a little patio, and it literally touches the field. Yeah. So it's like we were in the stadium and taking pictures. and It was empty, but checked out Madison, drove back to Milwaukee, watched the Pirates play the Brewers Saturday night in the stadium. There's a stadium there. A lot of a lot of the experts, a lot of fans aren't a fan of it. It has one of those retractable roofs. Like mm-hmm. It slides. And it had been like a foggy day, so it wasn't real hot. Well, apparently the stadium doesn't have air conditioning when it's closed. So it's probably brutal on some days. I would think. But when, when we were there, it was beautiful. The temperature was perfect, no humidity. It was it was a great environment to watch a game. But even the employees there, they're like, oh, you caught a lucky one. They're like, it's rough. Drove the hour and a half back to Chicago. Stayed in a hotel in Chicago. That was Saturday night. Woke up, went to Wrigley Field for a Cubs game. And the most important thing we did in Chicago was eat Giordano's pizza. Of course. And a deep dish. And we ate it Friday when we first got there. And we ate it Sunday right before we got on the plane. And you pack a lot of games in that. That's how these trips are. Whirlwind. Yes. That's one thing about going to Boston is that we're going to go up and see these different states because I haven't been to those states. Actually get to see a little bit of stuff. But I'm just hoping we have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it'll close the road. You can always go back. Yeah, very true. You always very go back. true. Have you been to the Hawaiian venues? I have never been to Hawaii. So now you got to hit the Western. The West Coast stadiums, I've hit those. But I mean, uh, the most Western. <laughs> okay. You didn't say West Coast. You said Western. I didn't. Western. I didn't. So you had the most Eastern. Right. Now you're going to go to the most I, West. I, I, Hawaii and Alaska will be the last two states. I'm going to get all the continental ones out Does of Alaska way. have professional stadiums? Not professional. Um, I don't even, they have a basketball arena because they do like a, a tournament every November, the Great Alaska mm-hmm. Shootout. I don't even know. I don't think it's an actual team. It, it's just an arena. I could be wrong on that. I don't know. Well, you know, Alaska is just plain huge, and there aren't many people there. I can't see that they can have a whole lot of people to, to support a professional team. No, no, no. There's definitely not professional. I, I, I don't think there's a college team. I don't. But they do have an arena that they use for the, the Great Alaskan Shootout. Well, maybe by the time you get towards the end of your list, there'll be another stadium to visit. Ah, you never know. <laughs> I'll, I'll look for it. If it's up there, I'll find it. I want to thank you for entertaining my guests with your whirlwind tours and what you expect to do. Uh, you were a wrestler, you're an educator, a sports enthusiast. You're in shape. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> so thank you very much. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. That concludes this On The Wind episode. Don't forget to visit the show notes page for more information about Bill Hughes as well as the past episodes of On The Wind. Please leave your impressions at make a comment link at onthewind.podbean.com. Thank you for listening, and until next month, keep flying. And remember, your next move is already on the wind. I've had a couple of friends trying to convince me to write a book about all these travels. 
I just don't know how to get it. Like, I can do it, but I'm just saying, oh, like, man. as far as, like, who, like, who do I give it to? Like, what's my selling point that why would people want to read my book about these wines? 